Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Please be seated. The philosopher Aristotle developed a theory about virtue, proposing that it is found in a mean in between two extremes. For instance, courage is the middle ground between rashness on one end and cowardice on the other. If you run headlong into a burning building to save someone without giving it a second thought, you're not necessarily courageous you might just be foolhardy. But if you always draw back from risk, no matter what's at stake, then you're showing cowardice. Courage is a rational, calculated balance between the two. Or to take patience as an example. Patience hangs in between being easily angered and being apathetic. You don't want to get too prickly too quickly, say, if things go wrong at work. But you also want to care about what's happening and not just sit passively when action needs to be taken. So patience stands between always waiting and always acting. This theory of ethics appeals to the moderate among us to a sensibility that the middle road is always, or generally, the best one to take. If you avoid extremes, then you'll stay away from the worst entanglements of life. This makes sense to polite, educated society. If we can take the best from everything and stay away from the edges, then we'll all get along. It's an intentional and rational approach to life. But Jesus challenges this idea in our gospel reading today. Not necessarily the entirety of Aristotelian ethics, because there is some wisdom in it, but this idea that the middle ground is always better. He's talking to the crowds, the crowds who have been irritated at both Jesus and John the Baptist for their respective extremes. They disliked John for being so austere and ascetic because who eats nothing but locusts and honey and wears only camel hair anyways? But then on the other hand, they criticized Jesus for eating and drinking too much because who turns water into wine after everybody is already drunk? And this stems from this belief that moderation is rational and that it works in the world. You get drunk, you do stupid things. You fast too much and people think you have an eating disorder. The middle road gets you where you need to go. But Jesus isn't interested in rationality and expediency. He doesn't care about the wisdom of this world and what we think we know about how life should be lived. 
his ways are not like our ways. And he even goes so far in this passage to thank God for this. To thank God that he has revealed things not to the wise and the intelligent, but to the children, to the innocent. God shows himself not to the people who think they have it all figured out, but to those who simply and openly sit before God and receive him. When we interpret this passage, we can see John and his asceticism as standing for the law, and Jesus and his excess as standing for the gospel of grace. Often, theologically, people try to find a middle ground in between the two, just like the crowds in Jesus' day did. On one side, we try to finagle the law so that it's not quite so hard to follow. We try to make it rational, according to the sensibilities of the day, so that anyone who's educated and in polite company would want to follow it. Jesus said, love your neighbor? Great, but who really is my neighbor? Is it really someone on the opposite end of the political spectrum from me? And what does love really mean? Do I really have to be friends with the person at the PTO meeting that everyone else is trying so hard to avoid? And then on the other side, we try to make grace come to the middle. We make it available to people who are trying hard and getting it right most of the time. But we're wary of it being for people who aren't trying hard enough or maybe not trying at all or for people who mess up in ways that we think are unacceptable. You get grace if you're showing up for church most weeks, but you don't get grace if you're passed out on a park bench on Sunday morning after an all-night bender. And we do this because the middle is rational. It makes sense to us. We do this because we are afraid of the extremes. John the Baptist just seems a little bit too out there for us. Who can really follow the law in its entirety? Who can handle that level of asceticism? And Jesus just kind of at times seems out of control. What happens if you actually forgive someone 70 times seven times? Won't they just take advantage of you 490 times and then once more? But this move to the middle is exactly what Jesus is calling out here. When we look at how Jesus handles the law, we see that he doesn't soften its blow in the least. He does criticize the way that the religious authorities of the day have twisted it out of context. He's not worried about his disciples fasting all the time, and he'll heal on the Sabbath. But when it comes to loving people, he ramps up the meaning of the law. Where the law says, do not murder, he says, do not even be angry. Where the law says, do not commit adultery, he says, do not even lust after someone. Where the law allows for reasonable levels of retribution, like an eye for an eye, he says to give a more than your oppressor has taken in the first place. 
He's not letting anyone off the hook. And there's no one among us who can handle the law ramped up to this height. Despite all our education and all our civilized urbanity, there's just no way we can play at this level. It's extreme. And if Jesus were to leave it at that, it would be an intolerable burden. But Jesus doesn't. He goes to the other extreme. He offers us rest from the weariness of heavy burdens. He promises a yoke that is easy and light. But that yoke is not an easier, more rational law that expects less out of us. The law in its entirety matters because in a world of brokenness and suffering and cruelty, loving our neighbor matters. They need us to love them. No, Jesus' light and easy yoke is the promise of forgiveness every time we mess up and do not love our neighbor well. No caveats. No ifs, ands, or buts. Nothing held back. We fall short. We repent. He forgives. And his forgiveness is not an empty promise, but it is rooted in his crucifixion and resurrection. He conquered sin and death by rising again, so that he could offer us this unconditional forgiveness. The suffering of Jesus bridges the gap between the extremes of law and grace. Without it, the gospel is just everyone getting off easily. But with it, we know that someone has paid for our sins, just not us. Jesus' yoke is light, only because he bore bore the burden of the cross 2,000 years ago so that this type of forgiveness is possible. Otherwise, it's unthinkable. Eight years ago, Dylan Roof entered Emanuel Church in Charleston, South Carolina, and shot and killed nine people. A mere two days afterwards at his bail hearing, five relatives of these victims showed up and offered him forgiveness instead of hate. In their statements, they did not minimize the pain that he had caused them. But because of their faith in what Jesus did on the cross for all of us, they were able to shed all of the worldly wisdom of moderation, of holding back, of carefulness, and run to the extreme of the gospel and offer that forgiveness. And it is Jesus' crucifixion that holds all the pain and suffering that we so often think gets ignored when forgiveness is offered too quickly. Jesus holds these two extremes of law and gospel together simultaneously. This is not the wisdom of the world. We are afraid of the impossible standards of the law and of the excesses of grace. 
but nobody is served by the mixing of the two. Even when we pick and choose the parts of the law that make sense to us, we still can't follow all the ones that we think we should and that we want to. And when we limit grace and forgiveness, we create room for the little whispers of doubt, the ones that tell us we are not enough, that we must always try harder until we become exhausted and give up on faith altogether. It is when we become the children, the innocent ones, who trust in the way of the Father and give up on the way of the wise and the intelligent that we are able to hear the profundity of what Jesus offers us in this invitation. Come, all you whom this world has beaten down. Come, all you whose burdens feel unbearable. Learn from Jesus. Under his yoke of forgiveness, find rest from your anxiety, your guilt, and your shame. His burden will not break your back or bow your shoulders, for it is light and easy. Come. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.